after this past weekend, I think it's clear that UMass is the perfect opening opponent for the Auburn Tigers this season. Freezing temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blagger. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining us as he does every Monday, Auburn Daily's Lindsey Crosby. And happy Auburn game week to you, Lindsey, and happy Auburn game week to everyone tuning in all the everydayers out there we made it the off season's behind us and auburn got the unique experience of watching their game one opponent play on week zero it happened last year as well but i think watching umass in a pretty good game for the most part against new mexico state university i i mean i think they're a good opening opponent for auburn Lindsay. i think when it comes down to it and the biggest reason is Tyson Pumachon. They're very, uh, I think he's a pretty electric quarterback. I don't think he's quite to the level of, you know, what Auburn's used to seeing in practice every day with with Robbie Ashford, but he can clearly make plays with his feet, and he did just enough, you know, obviously to help lead the Minutemen to a win in week zero. But I, I do think, Lindsay, this is such a good opening game for Auburn because of Pumachon's ability to get outside the pocket. And what have we heard the biggest concern about Auburn's defense so far? Sure, there's been a lot of talk about the rush defense, but part of that is the containment, allowing stuff to get outside. And I think that's something that Cal is going to try to do next week. And so why not start against a team that has a quarterback that's certainly able to do that and move outside the pocket? Uh, And Tyson Pumachon, I I think you're going to see a lot of stress and a lot of emphasis on this edge play defensively. I think it's a nice way to kind of start treading water and seeing how the water feels. Yeah, this is you don't have preseason in college football, but you can have a situation in some cases where you open with a lesser opponent and you have a chance to ease into the season. And what I like about this matchup with Tyson Pumachon and what he can do with his legs is I don't think Auburn can both scheme extra stuff to stop the run and extra stuff to contain Tyson Pumachon, right? You can't have an edge player, uh, you know, crash the mesh point and also keep contained on the outside. And so if you have to respect Tyson Pumachon's legs, it gives us an opportunity to see what does this defensive line look like when they are trying to stop the run and it is a one-on-one matchup. It's you and the guy in front of you. What can these guys do? And you don't have the stakes of something like a conference opponent, like a Cal, things like that. This is just, let's see what Jason Jones can do. Let's see what Lawrence Johnson can do. Let's see what Masai Nisilikite can do. And so Tyson Pumachon being as dangerous as he is means that when he gets the respect that he probably deserves, we get a good view of what Auburn looks like with more of a base kind of defense when they can't do, when they can't sell out to stop the running game. Yeah, I, I think it's clear that Pumachon has ability, right? I mean, he went to Clemson out of high school as a four-star quarterback, then transferred to Georgia Tech, then, you know, I, I think stumbled down a little bit to UMass. But still, I mean, we saw that he had some ability athletically 
for sure. Not the most pure passer. PFF rated him as an 80 overall performance. That's pretty good. You you take that uh, if you're UMass. And so I think I'm going to be looking at what's happening on the edge defensively. And Lindsay, tell me what all these guys have in common outside of just being edge defenders for Auburn. Keldrick Falk, Elijah McAllister, Messiah Nasili Kite, um, any of the Jack linebackers, really. Uh, Jalen McLeod, you know, Steven Sings. All these guys are what? They're, They're all new to Auburn. New. They're brand new to Auburn. And I think playing in Jordan Hare Stadium for the first time in front of some, uh, you know, there, there's going to be a few people. Now, they, they've upped the attendance. Uh, they added a few thousand more seats, and there's going to be um, a fan in just about every single one of them just eager and excited for this Hugh Freeze era to kick off. What does that look like? I mean, it's kind of some things where they've got to kind of put their feet up under them, and there's going to be a lot of new on the perimeter defense for Auburn. And so I kind of like that once again, they're able to kind of stick their toe in the water and say, okay, this is a, this is a nice warm-up for the season. Yeah, and the fact that UMass won, is great because you can now, as a coaching staff, you can credibly point to this team and say, hey, they got a better record than we do. You know, this is what they've been able to do this season. This is what sure. they've been able to accomplish. We haven't accomplished anything. We can't look, we're not looking past them to Cal. We have to respect them. We have to respect Tyson Pumachon and what he can do uh, with his legs. And you made the note that he's not the best passer in the world, but he's dangerous with his legs. Go ask Texas A&M last year, is there a threat from a quarterback who's dangerous with his legs but isn't a great passer? Because they came to Jordan Hare Stadium, uh, first first home game for Cadillac Williams, and we gave you know and that was quite a game for us. And so, sure, like we have the model of they can win with that, and we have to take all these new guys under like get used to this environment, get used to the the noise, get used to the light show, the swag surf, and do all of that. But you're not in a scenario where we are. Like the expectation is we're going to win this game. And so acclimate to the atmosphere, acclimate to to Auburn with you know, and still do your job good enough to win. That's the goal for week one. And then we can from there we can find things to improve for week two when you go on the road to Cal. Uh, but I it's gonna be a good game, it's gonna be a fun game. It's a sellout on Auburn's part, which is wild to me. How when's the last sure. time you can remember? Uh, an early September matchup, non-conference opponent selling out when it's a hundred degrees outside. Yeah, I mean, uh, against uh, against a team like UMass, uh, that's a little unique for sure. Um, two quick notes: talk to somebody who knows Cal very, very well, and that offense is kind of known for attacking the outside when it comes to the run game. Run a lot of rollouts, a lot of outside runs with stretches and outside zones and things like that. So that's one thing. Because that's kind of the weakness, and you know they're probably going to target that. Uh, it's the perceived weakness. We actually don't know what the strengths and weaknesses of this team are yet, but you know we're just kind of guessing. And then also, I've been told that John Colvin, the freshman walk-on quarterback from uh, Mountain Brook, has done a great job as a scout team quarterback copying Tyson Pumachon. Props to him. Props to him. You know, sometimes you go looking at all of these other schools, like a Clemson, like a Georgia Tech, looking for a Tyson Pumachon, and it turns out he was Mountain up the Brook. road at Mountain Brook Mountain the whole Brook time. all along. Who knew? Shout all out to John Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Saturday, um, when, you lo when, you, when you talk about the trenches, 
I think <laughs> I think it could get ugly. We'll discuss that next right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Athletic Brewing. Now, they sponsor uh, our Game Changer of the Week. Of course, brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Much like Auburn quarterback commit Walker White was a playmaker and a game changer this weekend in his high school senior year debut. Uh, Athletic Brewing, they've completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. And they make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. But Walker White was the game changer for Little Rock Christian's outstanding game. I think they won like 63 to nothing. Walker White in the first half had like four touchdowns. Um, incredible, incredible outing for him. But look, Athletic Brewing, they've changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. And they're consistently releasing limited edition experimental styles to add to their variety. My six-pack is on the way. I'm very, very excited to try Athletic Brewing, and you should you can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you, or you can buy online at athleticbrewing.com. For first-time customers on the website, use promo code LOCKEDON, one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, to get 15% off your first order. That is code LOCKEDON for 15% off at checkout at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, exclusions, and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, fit for all times. Our Monday guest, Lindsey Crosby, hanging out with us. Lindsey, the trenches could get really ugly on Saturday in Auburn's favor. Uh, the defensive line, I believe, especially in the interior, will be able to feast, absolutely feast on parts of this offensive line. Here are the PFF grades for their pass blocking on Saturday. 65.3 for their left tackle. 83.3 for their left guard. Not bad at all. I'm going to skip their center. I'm going to come back to their center in just a moment. That right Ooh. guard, 83.3. At right tackle, 82.8. So your left tackle's not looking great, but your center, Lindsay, pass blocking grade of 27.5. I don't think I've ever seen an offensive lineman that is a starter that played 50-plus snaps. I think he played 54 snaps on Saturday have a pass-blocking grade that low. And, I mean, I was watching the game. I'm sure you watched it too, Lindsay. Like, it's not – I mean, he wasn't great. Like, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying that it's not deserved, but I think that's going to be a situation where, like, man, we've talked about Jason Jones stepping up. We've talked about uh, – we've talked about, you know, Marcus Harris stepping up. We've talked about Justin Rogers coming in and stepping up. Boy, I think they've got the opportunity to do exactly that on Saturday. Jason Jones going to eat, baby. <laughs> That's, I mean, going over, looking at the roster and seeing that these guys are all around 290, 295, and then thinking about how low the pass blocking grades are. You're in a scenario where you're going to be faced with, you're, you're going from New Mexico State, who, you know, respect, sure. Uh, you're going from there to Jason Jones? Justin Rogers, I had to block these guys now. Uh, you may, you may literally, you may literally see Jason Jones eat a person alive on Saturday. I hope he so. may, he he may accidentally murder a center. Uh, possibly that center's name 
is uh, Josh Atwood, and he's listed at 6'2", 330, like he's got the size. Lindsey's taking care of his puppers. But I, I think after you kind of look at what he's able to do, this Josh Atwood, you know, if he's going to take more than two or three steps on a play, like he just missed. Like he's fine at run blocking, but there's any kind of stunt that you throw at that guy and he's got to redirect. I just, I wasn't impressed. I wasn't impressed. And so I think that's going to be something where, I mean, we've all kind of talked about Auburn's pass rush. That should definitely be a thing that we see succeed on Saturday. You know, Zach, we, we've talked about the Jack linebackers and who's going to rush the passer from the edge. But do you know the quicker path to the quarterback? <laughs> right up the middle, baby. Right up the middle, baby. And so assuming that they don't change centers for week two, for week one, yeah, uh, it's something where you could have, like you said, a bunch of stunts. You could, you could do double A-gap looks with linebackers, things like that, and just throw the kitchen sink at these guys and just keep rotating looks. And it sounds like you might have some decent success. And so Tyson Pumachon may need to use his legs a lot. He may need to roll out a lot. He may need I, to... I want him to. Yeah. I want him to stretch the edge of this defense as much as they possibly can because Cal's going to try to do the same thing. Yeah, and it, it, it's almost like Auburn planned this exact back-to-back -back setup, right? Like, this is the ideal opponent for you because they give you a similar but less threatening version of what Cal is going to do to you, right? And you actually have tape of them where you don't have tape of a ton of teams from week zero like how many teams can go back and watch tape of their of their week one opponent that's current and valid with their current roster? Not many yeah, teams. Not, not, Auburn not many. Auburn not nailed this. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, it's like it's like they planned it when Tyson Pumachan was a senior in high school, I believe, when this happened, and they knew it. They knew he would go to Clemson. They knew he'd go to Georgia Tech. And they knew he would go to UMass. They knew this whole it. thing's orchestrated. They knew it. They knew it. Um, all right, other things that stood out watching UMass. I don't think their corners were good at all, which is great because maybe you got to get some confidence going with, with the wide receivers and Peyton Thorne because I just got a feeling, Lindsay, there's going to be a lot of space for this offense to operate. Um, so let's get, some, uh, let's get some pause momentum going. Let's get a quarterback and some wide receivers that believe in themselves. Let's get Shane Hooks a highlight tape, start rolling it a little bit early in the season, going into the Cal game. I, I, I'm all about early season success. And look, we, Auburn needs to whip on the people that they're supposed to whip on. I mean, that's just kind of been this thing. I, I mean, I love Gus Malzahn, but it always just feel like we were we played with our food too much. You know what I mean? And, and I just I just got a feeling we're going to beat these teams that we're supposed to beat by a lot and actually beat them by a lot, not just beat them by 10 points or something like that. It feels like, and this is translating from baseball to football, right? But it feels like a lot of the the really good baseball teams that I watch, the differentiator is not uh, being able to be competitive against every single top-tier team that they play. It's they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, right? Like you go in and you look, Early in the season, people were talking about, oh, the Marlins could pass and beat the Braves. I'm like, no, the Marlins are awful against teams over 500. The Braves have a really good record against them. Wait a little while. Braves have the best record in baseball. Marlins are at 500. That's the, that's the differentiators. I've never tuned into a Georgia versus directional Michigan hair care entire center and worried that they're not going to win that game by 40, right? Mm -hmm. 
Like that's the thing we've been missing for a while. And so I'm excited to see what happens, but I also don't necessarily think Auburn's gonna have a chance to drop like a 50 or 60 burger on, on UMass. It just doesn't feel like it's gonna happen. Yeah, and we'll, we'll discuss that in a second, what FanDuel has a line at and, and all. Um, but yeah, I, I think Auburn's wide receivers should be able to do what they want to do against the UMass DBs. And then I don't know why New Mexico State didn't run the ball every play because it seemed like every time they ran it, they were able to get a push. Not impressed with UMass's defense, uh, defensive line, excuse me. Uh, I think Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin, Brian Batsy, Jeremiah Cobb, I think they're all going to be a problem for the Minutemen. Over, under for Auburn, 350 rushing yards. Under. Under. I, I think they're going to be pretty balanced on Saturday. Yeah. And it feels like that's probably going to be a concentrated effort, especially if you swap out quarterbacks, right? Like if you if you get to the point where your lead's big enough where you can put in somebody else and just do a wholesale change to the second team, they can run their traditional offense. You don't have to just do nothing but run the ball to kill a clock. Uh, but part of me wonders if like, I don't know, UMass's corners not being great and UMass's defensive line not being great means that you don't really get a lot of answers that you were looking for out of your week one opponent, right? Like you don't figure out who are our top three receivers. If we have five guys that all catch four balls, then like, do you get the clarity on who are the best three receivers? If you have three running backs that all break, or if you have two backup running backs that both break 60 yards, do you know who is should be the number two? Like, is it all center bad heat? Like, I don't know. That's part of my worry about this is if if they are as bad as we think they could be, do we get any answers going into Cal about who is the true backup to to Jarquez Hunter? Who Jarquez. are the top three receivers? Yeah, Jarquez. Yeah, I, I think, hmm, I don't think the production out of the running backs is going to impact their decision on what the market share of carries is moving forward. I do think the production at wide receiver will impact the market share of targets and snaps moving forward. So uh, I, I just think they know more about the running back room. But I, I just want to be clear, and we'll talk about this more throughout the week. But New Mexico State out-yarded UMass 470 to 389. Ooh. New Mexico State had more first downs. They had more passing yards. They had more rushing yards. Like, I don't think UMass is the better team than what we saw, which is even better for Auburn, right? Like, the, I, I don't think Saturday should be an interesting game to watch unless you just want to see what the rotation and some of these younger guys and see what this new look of this new roster is. I just don't think it's going to be close, <laughs> Lindsay. I mean, those two teams that played Saturday, I don't think either of them are very good. And I think, um, I think Auburn is going to, I don't know, I think Auburn's going to look pretty good on Saturday. But will they look good enough to cover? We'll discuss in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. So be sure to check out the Game Time app. I used the Game Time app last week. I bought multiple uh, general admission tickets to the PGA Tour Championship in Atlanta. Went to the first round on Thursday. Bought the bought tickets to attend the event. Also bought parking passes all from the app. Very easy to use. I just feel like they ask for less questions and make it a lot easier to actually like pay for the tickets than some of the other apps do. 
And then obviously uh, pulling up the digital ticket experience is very seamless. You can move it to your Apple wallet if you want to, whatever. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Not going to lie, I didn't do that. I forgot to do that. I'm just realizing this in real time. Terms and conditions apply again. Create an account and redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Lindsey Crosby, our guest. Looking at Auburn versus UMass this weekend. Auburn is a 36 and a half point favorite. That is a lot. That is a Listen, lot of points. It is. I pity the fool who gives Tyson Pumachon plus 36 and a half. That's just, I mean, how many times do you have to understand? Don't underestimate Tyson Pumachon. Uh, I mean, 36 and a half is a lot of points. It's a lot of points. And I think my biggest takeaway from week zero was with the play clock rules changing, we talked about this with Jake Crane some when he came on on Thursday, was man, the, the games moved so much faster, which is what we expected. It just felt faster than I was even anticipating it feeling, Lindsay. And I just, I think it'd be hard to beat somebody by 37 points. To remind everybody, if you're not 100% up with the changes, there's three major changes to the clock um, in order of importance from least to most. Untimed downs are only in the second and fourth quarters. Very seldomly happens. Not a big deal. You cannot call consecutive timeouts. Like before an onside kick, before a field goal, anything like that. Icing the kicker, it's kind of, it's knocked it out some. But the big one, it is a running clock after first downs, except for the final two minutes of each half. You no longer have that difference between college and the NFL, where when you get a first down, the clock stops until they get the ball set for play. The clock will continue unless you are inside the final two minutes of the half. And so because of that, in essence, the clock, as long as it was not a, an incompletion, the clock is almost constantly running. Mm. Uh, if you're a run-heavy team, like if you give me a good Navy squad, they can probably take the clock down into the second quarter on one possession. If but they timed it right, there's no if, question about it. Yeah, if like they Navy, timed it right. The Navy and Notre Dame game, you blinked and the first quarter was over. Then you yeah. blinked again and it was halftime because Notre Dame didn't throw any incompletions. It seems like. And then and Navy you know, just both, ran the ball all day. Yeah, and both teams ran the ball. So uh, keep that in mind because I got a feeling. I got a feeling that a similar thing may happen on um, on Saturday. So it's just the idea is to speed the game up. Is that something that was needed? I don't know. That's not really what we're debating today. I'm just saying that that is going to happen. Um, so I'm going to guess that Auburn does not win by 37 points, 36 yeah. and a half. Uh, that's just a lot. That's just a lot. And the over-under is 52 and a half. So take that for what it's worth. Head over to FanDuel. Place your wagers there today. But, Lindsay, as some people in the state pointed out over the weekend, Auburn's paying a lot of money per minute, and those minutes are now shorter than they were when this uh, this game was scheduled. But, what, $36,000 a minute is what Auburn is paying UMass to come down here? $32,500 per minute. So, okay, listen. So, in the Tuscaloosa... Tuscal sorry, I said Tuscaloosa. Tuscaloosa News. Uh, I promise that was not on purpose. The Tuscaloosa <laughs> News, Mr. Chase Goodbread, which 
as a celiac, no bread is good bread. Don't start me on that. Nice. But uh, he gave his SEC power rankings. And, you know, his team, Alabama, he's an Alabama columnist. He's in Tuscaloosa. So, obviously, he has a lot of things he's thinking about because they've won so many national championships. They're such a big thing. But the title and the headline for his power rankings is about Auburn, who he picks at 12. And he's talking about Auburn's paying a school record. This is a UMass record, I believe. $1.95 million for Hugh Freeze to have a good start to his Auburn career. That may be an Auburn record. I'm not sure. That may be an Auburn record, but like... It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And it, shout out to, I think it was, uh, I think it was Lance who wrote this up for Auburn Daily for us. Like he looked into this and it's yeah. like, it wasn't for Hugh. Auburn scheduled this under Gus Malzahn. Like Auburn scheduled this with Gus Malzahn was they, four years ago. The original yeah, this isn't plan to make a cozy start for Hugh Freeze. Like this, this game was originally scheduled for November fourteenth, twenty twenty, and they had to move it because of a thing called COVID. And so, like this is where it got moved to. And it's funny because you know he's he's poking fun at Auburn for this and all this money they're paying. Alabama's paying one point six million dollars to a directional Tennessee school. Yeah, and it's like I don't my like. It's a weird it, flex. It's the call's coming from inside the house, Chase Bad Bread. Listen here. Uh, all right. The, the bread all is right. burned. The toast is burned. Um, I, I love toast. I have toast almost every morning. Lindsey Crosby, who does not have toast every morning. How can people check out everything you've got going on? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. All this stuff runs through there. It's Auburn Baseball Coverage, BravesToday.com, AuburnDaily.com, Minor League Baseball Coverage, Locked MB Prospects, and Atlanta Braves Coverage, BravesToday.com. Yeah, you can follow me on socials at Z Blackerby. Go ahead and click that subscribe button, please. We're trying to get to uh, trying to get to 13,000 subs by uh, by game day. We'll see if we can do it. Got a final push. Happy game week, everyone. Be sure to come back tomorrow. We will be previewing Auburn and UMass, and everything else tied with it right here on Locked On Auburn.